Yo, 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 yo. Good evening and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 97 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Another Football Friday's episode coupled with some boxing, as I will do a recap of last night's game between the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. I'll give you my takes, analysis, and predictions on what I believe are the best games of week 11 in the NFL, along with my takes, analysis, and predictions on what I believe are the best games of week 12 in college football. And I will close with a welterweight title bout between the champion Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get right into it. Well, you know I'm going to start my opening take, and of course that's in the NFL. I'm going to first start off with last night's game between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Not much of a game. I mean, the Patriots won this game 25 to nothing in Atlanta. I mean, it was one time 13 to nothing up for three quarters, and the Patriots scored a couple more points, and the Falcons scored none. Mac Jones continued to play pretty well, consistently. 207 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Rondre um, Stevenson had 69 yards rushing, and Damian Harris, who returned from injury last week, had 56 yards rushing. Kendrick Bourne, my guy, had 42 yards receiving, and Nelson Aguilar had 40 yards receiving in one touchdown, and Jacoby Myers had 39 yards receiving. So the Patriots have now won five in a row, and as I say, they're on the cuffs, and they have a chance to possibly win this division, depending on how things go in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they got the Titans, they got the Colts, and they have Buffalo, and they need to win one of those two games to even have a shot to win that division if they can get one or two games versus the Buffalo Bills. But this defense, man, I mean, this has got to be Belichick's best defense probably since 2001 when he had all those playmakers. You know, Richard Seymour, Willie McGinnis, I mean, Teddy Bruschi, Mike Grable, Rodney Harrison. And that was like that, you know, 2001 with their first Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, they got Kyle Van Horden, who went to the Dolphins briefly, but came back. Dante Hightower, Matt Judon, who's been a beast out there. And of course, in the secondary, they got J.C. Jackson. Of course, you got to can't forget about the McCourty brothers. I mean, this team could actually make some a lot of noise and probably a, the most probably the scariest team in the NFL right now. I don't think nobody wants to see this team come playoff time. But I'm not saying they're Super Bowl contenders, so I'm, I'm like I say, let's pump the brakes on that one. I mean, what they do in these next couple of games will determine whether they're for real or it was, this is just temporarily, and sooner or later they're gonna get, they're gonna fall off. As for the Falcons, let me quote my guy Adam Shine: "You poor, poor Falcon fan." The Falcons are hot garbage. 
This roster is trash. I mean, they have nothing going for them. I mean, offensively or defensively. I mean, Matt Ryan has looked terrible in the last two games. I mean, only managing three points. I mean, he only had 153 yards and two interceptions. And I think he had two interceptions last week in that beatdown that they suffered at the hands of the Cowboys. And, of course, they have no running game. I mean, Cordonell um, Patterson, I mean, who plays running back and receiver, he, he didn't play. Of course, not having Kyler Ridley, who's dealing with, you know, mental issues. Hopefully, he gets well soon. And the only thing they have is Kyle Pitts. But, of course, this is Belichick. You know he was not going to let Kyle Pitts beat, beat him. I mean, he was going to take him away, which he did, because he wasn't a fa- was no factor in this game, and make the others beat them, and he couldn't do that. So, the Falcons have now, I think, fallen out of that last playoff spot, which they barely was hanging on to, and now they've lost two in a row with two abysmal performances. So, I see, I, I see the Falcons going down from here now let's move on to what I believe are the best games of week 11 in the NFL and there's some there's some good ones here I'm going to start with um, the Washington football team versus Carolina now of course we all know why this one's so intriguing you have Ron Rivera who's now the head coach of the Washington football team and you have the guy that he drafted in 2011, Cam Newton, who just returned to the Carolina Panthers last week, and now he's going to be the starting quarterback in this one. Now, if anybody that knows Cam very well, it was Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, like I stated, drafted Cam Newton in 2011 and had some good seasons. I mean, Cam even took him to a Super Bowl. But now, they're on the opposite sides of the field. Now, of course, the Ron Rivera and Jack Dario's defense is nowhere near what it was. And, of course, they lost their best player, Chase Young, with an ACL injury last week. But even before that, this defense has been terrible. So, I, I, see, I, I don't see this defense being able to stop Cam Newton. Now, offensively, for the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke needs to have the same type of game he had last week and that upset win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to need his running backs. You know, Anthony Gibson. He's going to need his receivers. Terry McLaurin and DeAndre Carter. But Carolina has the best defense in the NFL right now. So I think they're going to be on top of him like one on rice. I don't, I don't see Taylor Heineke having another good game. In fact, I see him having a terrible game, possibly making a couple of mistakes. So, I'm, I'm going to go with Carolina to win this one. I think Cam Newton will have... He won't have a great game, but I think he will have a decent game. I mean, I think he'll be able to lean on, of course, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. I think they'll come up with some plays. And I think Carolina will win this game, I'd say 23-16. to 16. 
Now let's go on to a NFC North matchup. It'll be the Green Bay Packers going on the road versus the Minnesota Vikings. Green Bay is going to be looking to extend their lead in the NFC North, which already said they're going to win this division no matter what. As the Vikings, I mean, they're going to be looking to stay alive in the playoff hunt. Now, Minnesota, I mean, they've been a pretty tough team. I mean, yeah, they're 4-5, and five, but they, they have not been getting blown out. I mean, they've been losing games late. I mean, they got some good players. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I mean, he only has two interceptions this season. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, who's been a, who's been a baller in his second season. And, of course, Adam Thielen, the vet. They're gonna they're gonna need this offense to be efficient. They're gonna they're gonna have to um, control the clock and not and, and score touchdowns and not field goals because they're taking on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, probably the best quarterback to receiver combination in the NFL. And of course, AJ Dillon's gonna be doing all the running back duties. Says Aaron Jones is gonna be out a couple of weeks, but. I like Green Bay's defense. It's six in the NFL in total defense. And they seem to have improved week in and week out. So, I think this game will be close. But I think in the end, Aaron Rodgers and company will overtake the Minnesota Vikings. And I think the defense will get just enough stops on the Minnesota offense to propel them to a 30-25 victory. Now, another matchup here, I mean, I know the record doesn't say it, but hear me out here. Baltimore versus Chicago. Justin Fields versus Lamar Jackson. Two of the, two of the game's exciting, most exciting players in the NFL. Now, Justin Fields has been improving every week since he became the starter. And we all know what Lamar Jackson can do. Here's the thing. This, this game could actually be an exciting matchup. And I'll tell you why. Both of these teams have terrible defenses. I mean, the Baltimore defense has been giving up a lot of points throughout the season. And basically, they've had to de- depend on Lamar Jackson to save them. And the Bears have lost two of their uh, best players on defense. Khalil Mack now is going to have season-ending surgery. And he's not going to be back this season. And of course, one of their best cornerbacks, Eddie Jackson's not going to be there. So there's a chance that these guys, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields will have opportunities to run zigzagging through these defenses. But I think right now, as Justin Fields continues to go through his growing pains, I look for Baltimore to bounce back, but to win this game, but barely. I don't think it'll be a lot of points. So I'm going to go with Baltimore to win 23-20. Now let's go on to the Bengals versus the Raiders. Both these teams are on a two-game losing streak. And we'll be looking to snap that this Sunday. I mean, both these teams started out pretty good. But have backslide. Now, the question is, who's going to continue to backslide? The Raiders or the Bengals? I mean, 
And one of the reasons why these teams have started out good, because not only their offenses, but their defenses have been pretty good. So, in this game, uh, it's hard because I don't know which defense to trust, especially lately. I mean, the Raiders just got 41 tagged on them last week. And the, Brown- and the Bengals just got 41 tagged on them last, I mean, the week before versus the Cleveland Browns. So, hmm. I, I think the combination of Joe Burrow and Lamar Ch- Chase, I think is going to do damage to the Raiders. I mean, right now, Derek Carr doesn't have a big-name receiver outside of Hunter Refford. I mean, if he, if he can get Deshaun Jackson to be the, at least half the player he was, but I don't see that happening. But the Raiders need to get on track with their running game because their running game gave them nothing last week versus the Chiefs. So Josh Jacobs, calling you out. You need to have a better game. But I don't think I'm going to go with the Bengals to pull this one out. 26-24. Now, usually this would be a marquee matchup. But this game does have some implications. It's the Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is a must-win for the Seahawks. They are now 3-6. And And with my 49ers, hopefully, getting ready to go on a run. I'll talk about that in a a bit. Seattle cannot afford to fall 3-7. I mean, Russell Wilson came back last week. And, of course, he wasn't himself, but that was to be expected. He was a little rusty. Now, for the Arizona Cardinals... You still don't know if Kyler Murray is going to play. We've been, it's been said that he is a game-time decision. But still, he's still, even if he does play, he will be without DeAndre Hopkins. But as long as I have A.J. Green and DeMonte Moore and Zach Ertz, they're going to be okay. But if Kyler Murray cannot play, Colt McCoy starts again. For the Seahawks, I mean, I mean, Alex Collins is going to have to help out Russell Wilson in the run game because Chris Carson is going to have season-ending neck injury. Wish him well. And he, Russell Wilson needs DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to step up because last week, those guys gave them nothing. Especially Tyler Lockett who's usually a big play receiver. And the defense, I mean, they've been playing hard, but they're just not, they're just not making enough plays. I mean, Jamal Adams, I mean, where are you, man? I mean, they gave you that big contract, and you, you're not living up to it. I mean, you make it seem like you're stealing money from the Seahawks. So you need to step, you, you need to step it up. You know, Bobby Wagner, I mean, you ain't heard much from him. He needs to step it up, too. So, I want to give a two-part prediction. And these are what-ifs. Quoting the show, what if, what if. So, if, so what if Colin Murray plays this Sunday? The Cardinals win 27-20. What if 
Kyler Murray doesn't play this Sunday, then I think the Seahawks will pull the upset. I think Russell Wilson and company will pull up this upset and win 24-17. to If I get to the game of the week, I'm going to say this briefly. As I was saying before, my Niners, are after a big win on Monday Night Football versus the LA Rams, they have a chance now to go on a nice little run. And it's so it started Monday and it needs to continue versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the only way my team loses this game is if they come out the same way they came out versus Arizona two weeks ago lethargic, no energy. So, I mean, there's going to be no Elijah Mitchell may not play because of broken finger, and that's fine. I mean, like I said, Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon should be able to pick up the slack. And if Jimmy Garoppolo can continue to play the way he's playing, they're going to be fine. And the defense can continue with to play the way they played last week, they'll be able to stifle Trevor Lawrence and company. So, I believe my Niners will win two in a row and get back to five and five and slip into that playoff, uh, that last playoff spot for now. So, I believe the Niners will win this game 30-17. to 17. Now let's go to the game of the week. And that's the Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City Chiefs. We could be in for some fireworks here. I mean, the stars are coming out in this one. For Dallas, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. But unfortunately, they're going to be missing one of their best receivers. Amari Cooper will not be playing this game because he's on the COVID list. Now for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and of course on defense, they have the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. I mean, Frank Clark and Chris Jones at, um, at defensive end. But of course, for Dallas, unfortunately, they're going to be missing two of their best defensive players. That's at a defensive end, Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence out with injuries. But good news for Dallas is they're going to get one of their best defense, I mean, offensive linemen back and Tyron Smith. That's going to really help in the running game. Now, you, you could think with Dallas's offense and the Chiefs' offense, this, could be a, this is going to be a shootout. Po- yeah, I think possibly it could be. But I don't know if Dallas really wants to... I mean, Dallas probably could hang with the Chiefs in a shootout, but I don't think that, that would serve them well. I think they need to just they need to play ball control. I mean, they don't need to score in like five plays or less like the Chiefs like to do. I mean, use Zeke Elliott, use Pollard. I mean, between those two, they need to have at least 80 to 200 yards. And he, well, or even 200, I mean, put 50 more yards for Dak Prescott. That way they can control the clock. Keep Patrick Mahomes and company sitting on that sideline. I think that's I think that's their best bet and would be a, a, a great recipe for success. For the for the Chiefs, I mean, I don't trust their defense. Yeah, they've won a couple of games in a row, but I'm not I'm looking at look who they've been playing defensively. I mean, look, the Packers had no Aaron Rodgers. We all know what would happen if Aaron Rodgers would have played. And of course, the Raiders are just they're slipping. 
So, I need to, if the Chiefs can hold down the Cowboys convincingly, then I'll start to look at their defense a little differently. But right now, I don't trust them. So, I think Patrick Mahomes and company, I think they're going to need to score at least 40 points to win this game. But I think I like Dallas's defense a little bit better. I would love to see Trayvon Diggs and Tyreek Hill one-on-one. I mean, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And as for the Michael Parsons, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be on Travis Kelsey at times during the game. But either way, I've been going back and forth on this one, and I... And I finally just said, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I like Dallas. I think da- I, I don't trust the Chiefs' defense, so I'm going to go with Dallas to win a 33-29 game. Now that's it for my NFL segment. Now let's move on to college football. We're going to start with the marquee matchup of, the, of, of Saturday. That's Ohio State versus Michigan State. There's some big implications here. The winner of this game will have the best chance to win the Big Ten East portion of the Big Ten and play in the Big Ten Championship game in December. Now here's what these two teams have left. Michigan State has, of course, this game with Ohio State and Penn State to to close out the season. Ohio State has this game and Michigan the following. So, there's some implications there. Now, if Ohio State, of course, wins this matchup, and next week against Michigan, they're going to be in the Big Ten. And, of course, Michigan State, if they win, they'll be in the Big Ten championship. But also, they may be able to get back into the college football playoff. Because we all know that the college football playoff committee has punished them since they got beat by Purdue. I think for this game, Ohio, Michigan State needs to have Kenneth Walker rush for probably over 200 yards and they have to control the clock. And to keep the Ohio State offense sitting on that sideline. Because right now, freshman C.J. Strout is balling out. And of course, he's... he's He's one of my two top Heisman picks along with Kenneth Walker. So, but as far as Ohio State goes, I mean, Stout not only has a good running game with Trayvon Henderson, but he's got some excellent receivers. And Jackson Smith, Jigba, I'm sorry if I jacked that up, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. So, they got a lot of firepower on offense. And Michigan State has a very suspect pass defense. I mean, it showed in that game with Purdue. And even in in, in that um, win over um, Michigan. I mean, Cardell McNamara had a pretty good passing game as well. So, I think I'm going to go with Ohio State. I think this game will be close for a half, maybe up until like mid-third quarter. And I think Ohio State pulls away and wins this one 
36 to 23. Now let's move on to Clemson versus Wake Forest. Now the reason I'm talking about this game is because this could go a long way on whether Clemson still has a shot of winning the ACC Atlantic title. And actually they do. They have to win this game and Wake Forest has to lose next week at BC, Boston College. And if that can happen, because I mean, this is Clemson's last ACC game, because next week they play the state game versus the South Carolina Gamecocks. But Wake Forest has had some great quarterback play with Sam Hartman. I mean, 30 touchdowns, only 8 picks. I mean, he's got an excellent receiver in A.T. Perry, 11 touchdowns. And this team averages 45 points a game. But we have the irresistible force versus the immovable object. Clemson's defense only averages, only allows 15 points a game. But even if Clemson's defense plays a great game, the offense has been very suspect for Dabble Sweeney. I mean, DJ Akalori has been struggling. I mean, he's had some good games, and he's had some terrible games. He's been hot and cold. But they're going to need DJ to have a great, a good game in this one, especially if the Clemson defense holds um, Sam Hartman and that offense in check just enough. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this. Yeah, Wake Forest has had a good season and everything, but... I think I'm gonna take the. I think Clemson's gonna pull the upset. Yeah, I'm going with the upset here. I think Clemson's defense is gonna get some turnovers, and I think DJ will do just enough to win this game for Clemson. So I'm gonna go with Clemson winning this game, 27-24. Now let's go to the West Coast, the back, the Pac-12, Oregon versus Utah. This is, could actually be the first of two matchups between these two teams as both teams are going to be looking to solidify wins and win the um, North and the South divisions I mean, of the um, conferences of the um, Pac-12 division and possibly play again in the Pac-12 championship. Now, or, now Utah has some pretty good quarterback play. Cameron Risen, I mean, has been balling out. This offense is basically tight end centric. I mean, with Brent Kute and um and Dal- Dalton Kinyard, and of course they have a pretty good running back in Tavon Thomas, but he is questionable because he missed last week with an injury. Now there's a chance he may or may not play this week, and that would be a big loss. But Oregon, I mean Anthony Brown, who's been up and down. He needs to play well for this team with both his arm and his legs. And Thibodeau, I mean, Oregon's best defensive player, he needs to play lights out. Now, both of these teams average 35 points a game. Both of these teams give up at least 23 points a game. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. But... In the end, I think I'm going to take Oregon to win this one barely. I'm going to go with 38 
the 37. So that'll be it for my college um, segment. And now I'm going to close it out with boxing. That's right. We got a pretty good boxing match this weekend. And that is Terrence Crawford, the the WBO welterweight champion, takes on a pretty dangerous opponent and Sean Porter. Now, of course, Terrence Crawford is 37-0 with 28 knockouts. Sean Porter, 31-3, one draw and 17 knockouts. Now, now Sean Porter ain't going to be no easy fight for Crawford. Now, right now, Crawford, you could argue, is pound for pound the best fighter in boxing with Canelo. I mean, up there with Canelo. I mean, Sean Porter, I mean, he's been in there with some of the best as well. I mean, and he's even though he has three losses and a draw, he's never been finished. I mean, he's been knocked down, but he's never been knocked out. I mean, Crawford has suffered a couple of knockdowns, but he ended up bouncing back to win his fights. That's why he's still undefeated. I think Sean Porter's best bet on having a chance to pull the upset is he's going to have to mix it up. He's, he's going to have to make it ugly. And he's known, he's, he can do that. I mean, he's a good all-around fighter, but if he can make it ugly and make it tough for Crawford, I think that's his best bet. Because Crawford, I mean, he's probably one of the best skilled fighters in boxing. I mean, this guy can do it all. He can fight regular stands. He can, he can fight southpaw. I mean, he can fight inside, outside. I mean, this guy has, is the total package. So, I believe this fight will go all 12 rounds. Because I think Sean Porter will do enough to make it interesting. And make it kind of ugly. But in the end, Crawford will be just too much. I mean, his skills will be on display. And I think I think he actually will score maybe a knockdown on Porter. Not a knockout, but a knockdown. And I think he will dominate the fight. In every which way, shape, and form. So, when the fight's over, it'll go to the judges' scorecards. And it'll be a yet unanimous decision. And still, WBO welterweight title champion, Terrence Bud Crawford. And then after that, let's hope that Orrell Spence recovers from his eye injury. And let's get this fight on, boxing. Because you know you need this fight to happen. Now, this will conclude episode 97 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for downloading. I appreciate it very much. You can follow my podcasts by going to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. And you can go to my Facebook page at Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone again for listening. Thank you again for downloading. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all the sports. And I will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.